As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to Four to Six with A and B, your high state podcast, brought to you by the Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined by my main man, best friend of the whole wide world, Ari Wasserman. Ari, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I mean, I, I, I normalize calling your best friend your best friend. That's right. We're getting normalize there. Fe- normalize the fellows telling you, telling me to love each other. Yeah, lads, 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 <laughs> lads, lads, lads. No, I'm good. Uh, it's uh, as we as we discussed at the end of the last episode, like the season is coming, and like media days are next week. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so Big Ten media days is in like nine days from now, uh, July twenty or yeah, July twenty second next Thursday is when Big Ten media days kick off in Indianapolis. So and then after that, it's like two weeks and camp starts. So um, it's uh, I'm excited. I, I the 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 July period, I think, of the college football calendar is like a little boring to me. It's a little, it's a little slow, um, but toward the end of it, I start to get really excited for the season to start. Can college football season, or more specifically, Big Ten season, start if you don't eat deep dish pizza, or do you have well, to there, go seek it out in Indy? There is a Giordano's in Indianapolis. It's like, oh, there, I think there's one downtown. It's like there's suburban Indy, right? Well, there's definitely one in suburban Indy because because when we would drive to Chicago that has a million deep dish pizza places, we would hit the one in Indy on the, on the way just to make sure we got a taste before we got to Chicago. Yeah. Um, it's like on the loop going outside of Indy. Uh, Allisonville is, is the exit. Because nobody um, wants to stand outside in downtown Chicago in July waiting to go sit down at Geno's East. That's right. Like, but Chicago I think there in is July one is pretty miserable. miserable. Yeah. I, just Chicago in July is miserable. And, and uh, plus media days are like – when they're in Chicago, I guess they are downtown now. They used to be like in Rosemont or something like that, right? Um, but these are in Indianapolis. There's a Giordano's, if I'm not mistaken, in downtown Indy. Plus, uh, you know, plenty of bars and restaurants for me to sample while I'm out there. Lord knows I've been in Indianapolis enough covering Ohio State the last seven years. I think I have a pretty good lay of the land with that town. But I'm excited for it. I don't know who Ohio State is sending just yet. Who's your guess on the three guys Ohio State sends the media days? Uh, Jack Miller. <laughs> C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord. Just send all three QBs. Um, I think Haskell Garrett, maybe. Yeah. Haskell. My, Chris Haskell Olave. Garrett. See, he was the one. I was talking with Audrey Snyder, our Penn State writer, about this, like who, who Ohio State might send. And I said Haskell Garrett, Thayer Munford. And I was torn on Zach Harrison and Chris Olave. and was trying to figure out which one of those guys would like least hate having to go to Big Ten media days. And I couldn't figure out which one. My, I, I settled on Zach Harrison. You think Zach Harrison likes talking to the media more than Chris, or like likes it more than Chris Olave? 
I think they both do not enjoy it. But I think Chris Olave is going to be the first person there. He's like the best player in the conference, <laughs> so I would I, like I hope he's there. But I guess it wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't there. I guess he probably should, he probably will be there. They could just send uh, a Mecca Ekbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Julian Fleming. <laughs> yeah. It'd still be the yeah, best three get, players in the conference. They send, what if they just said JT, JT Tuimaloel? Just send him. Yeah, just first, well, I mean, the guy's used to uh, he's used to catching flights to nine different cities in three weeks. So <laughs> you right. know, yeah. might as well add yeah. Indy on the way over there. You know what might be yeah. a good guess? Maybe you know who would really like it is Harry Miller. You know, I think he, he would, would thrive like in that scenario. And if he doesn't go this year, I don't think he'll go this year. But he probably would next year. Um, yeah, I was trying to think. Like, I think Billy Price went twice. Yeah, Tyreek Smith. And he's a, Tyreek Smith would be a good one to send. Senior. Yeah, I don't know if they'd send Jeremy him. Ruckert. Also a good one. I think... I mean, you could just send Thayer Munford, Jeremy Ruckert, and Haskell Garrett. I think Thayer and Haskell are definitely going. And it's just like, who's that third guy? Josh Proctor. Mm, I don't know about he's Proctor. He's a senior now, right? He is a senior, but he'd also be put in the position of having like speak for the entire back end of the defense, which wasn't very good last year, and I don't think yeah. they want to put him in that position. Yeah, I think Chris Olave, uh, Thayer Munford, and Haskell Garrett would be my three guesses. I kind of wish every team would just send like both coordinators, a quarterback, and then one more player and like leave the head coaches at home. <laughs> yeah. Just do it that way. Well, I mean, what's the setup this year? Is it is it like it used to be where uh, Day's at a table for an hour after? Yeah, I, I believe so, and it's, it's at Lucas Oil Stadium which is like a totally different space than what it's been in in the past. So I'm not entirely sure, but it's like, yeah, the, there's seven teams one day and then the other seven, including Ohio state go on Friday. Um, and then yeah, like Ryan dates, Ryan day does his podium thing for TV. He sits at the table for an hour, I guess, um, players at a table for an hour or two. And then don't uh, ask questions during the television time. Cause I got into a verbal altercation multiple times doing that. Remember when I used to? There was a there was two setups. There's one for television reporters and there's one for newspaper reporters. Oh reporter. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I went yeah. into the television one and put my recorder down and asked a million questions, and then somebody like verbally abused me for that. <laughs> that was like at Fiesta Bowl Media Day, right? It, and, uh, no, I did. It was at Big Ten Media Day was and it Big Fiesta. Ten Media Day. I always do that. Yeah, because there's just Cause not that's the best time. place to go. Yeah, you go into the TV room and there's like half the people in there, and then no one's asking questions. It's prime question asking territory. And they use the but answers they, on TV. Yeah. Right. Every, it's people helping people. People helping people. People helping people. All right. Holy with, with shirts that, and pants. <laughs> <laughs> with Big Ten uh, media days and the season uh, around the corner, we're going to do some Big Ten win totals later on this episode. We're not going to do the whole league because, like, who wants to guess whether or not Illinois is going to win four games or three games? But we picked out five uh, win totals from our friends at BetMGM that we'll give our picks on uh, later in this episode. But first, a, a bit of news, I guess, that did come out on Tuesday morning right before we started recording this. Uh, a group of Ohio State players uh, from the 2010 football team, more specifically, Terrell Pryor, Devere Posey, Solomon Thomas, Mike Adams, and Boom Heron, uh, pulled out kind of a joint statement uh, essentially calling for their records in 2010, uh, both the win-loss records and, and the statistical records that were wiped from the uh, books, uh, to be reinstated in, in the light of the new name, image, and likeness rules uh, in place and Ohio state of Ohio in place by the NCAA uh, rules that would have made, I guess what, what transpired back then um, kind of fair play and, and probably would not have led to all those guys uh, losing the wins and losses and, and the career records and career record places in the career record books uh, that they rightfully earned um, go away. So I, I didn't cover that team. Ari. I know you were around, I guess, were you covering the 2010 season? Or were you still My first season or my okay. second season. So, like, I didn't cover that team. Like, I, I, I was an outside observer of all of that, so I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on any of this. Um, obviously, I know when I look in the Ohio State record books, which I do often, and, like, I don't see Terrell Pryor's name, I think it's weird. Um, and I think it's kind of bullshit, and, and I don't think these guys ever should have got their records taken away. But I, I don't know. Like, they're calling for this now. I'm glad they are. I figured it would be coming. Um, are you surprised by this, one, and two, like, where do you think it's going to lead? I've been hassling Terrell Pryor behind the scenes for the past two weeks to try to get him on the phone about this because he was the first person I thought of uh, during NIL. And I think the records thing is what it is. It's just like he's not in the record books. That sucks, whatever the games happen, given their stats. But I think the far more interesting discussion about this stuff is how we view Terrell or how the fans view Terrell Pryor. And, you know, Boom Heron has been around, and, you know, Mike Adams made it in the league. Devere Posey made it in the league. But Terrell Pryor was the face of the Tatgate scandal, 
mm-hmm. and I like think back to the SI cover. I remember this like it happened yesterday because I was like 21 years old working at a rival site. Like I wasn't a seasoned journalist yet, and I remember the stress that I felt and the craziness of that that year thinking about what was going to happen to Jim Trestle and what was the perception of Ohio State's program and their star players getting in trouble. And it's just like the SI cover said how deep it went. And I think it went not that deep. <laughs> like when you think about yes. uh, what we have seen in college football the past 10 years and some of the major scandals that happened before it, it just like so Jim Trestle rigged some of the weird raffles out of camp so that the star recruits would win or something. I don't know. I can't even remember. It was so stupid. And – the bottom line is these guys sold their own possessions and is that that big of a deal? I just sold a bunch of sports cards on eBay, you know, right, and I right. didn't earn those. And I, and I know that the major, major issue in this whole thing was that Jim Trussell lied to the NCAA when confronted with the discussion about these things in order to try to protect his players. I get that. But given where we are right now in July, 2021, there seems to this day to still be a disconnect between the love that people have for Terrell Pryor um, as it relates to how they feel about Braxton Miller or how they feel about JT Barrett or any of the other quarterbacks that came after him. You know, people might view Dwayne Haskins more fondly than they do Terrell Pryor. And when you think about what Terrell Pryor was, he was so far ahead of his time from an athletic ability standpoint uh, how he would have been utilized in offenses had he come 10 years later. The fact that he was athletic enough to just become a wide receiver and have a 1,000-yard season in the NFL. I mean, he is as big of a physical freak as ever played at Ohio State. He was like Braxton Miller before Braxton in that he was carrying teams by himself. Um, and people don't love him because they view him as the reason why Jim Trestle lost his legacy. And I find that to be kind of interesting because when you actually think about what he did, does anybody even give a shit what he did? I, I don't know. I, I mean, for, I can speak from personal, like my, my point of view, like no. <laughs> no, but like does anybody just go, does anybody sit at home grinding their teeth saying, I cannot believe he sold his sugar bowl or his, his whatever bowl ring? Or I can't believe he sold his golden pants or whatever. Is it? I don't even remember what they sold, but it was just like personal memorabilia from accomplishments at Ohio State. And it's just like this sort of thing doesn't matter now. So in retrospect, I know that there's this, this, this mindset that if it was against the rules then, then they knowingly broke the rules, and I don't care what the rules are. But the other side of the coin is those rules are dumb. They're being changed. And now he's still kind of ostracized out um, from the Ohio State family. It's like you've been covering Ohio State now going on, what, seven years? How many times have you seen Terrell Pryor in person at Ohio State? I don't believe I have. And I I think that's an issue, you know, and maybe that goes hand-in-hand with the records and that goes hand-in-hand with uh, how uh, those five players were perceived, but – you know, I don't know what Terrell Pryor would have done had this never happened, but Ohio State's 2012 team, what year was this? 2010. The 2010, so the, the following year after they beat Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl, um, the 2011 team, when everything fell apart, they actually might have won the national title that year, and they never got to play. So, you know, that to me is the biggest travesty when it comes to what happened to these guys. And the other thing, too, is letting them play in the – Sugar Bowl because they didn't want to trash the ratings of the Sugar Bowl. And it's just yeah. like the hypocrite, the hypocritical nature of the way that that was handled by the NCAA is just so comical to me, you know, even to this day. And basically what I – if I were to be a part of this statement or to talk about this, my plea to the fans would be embrace Terrell Pryor. Like, love him. I know that he wasn't the prototypical Ohio State quarterback. I know that his recruitment was off the rails and sanity. You know, I'm sure that he took benefits that he shouldn't have taken. He obviously sold things he wasn't supposed to sell. But it's just like he was really, really good at football. And I think that's what should be remembered. You know, and the, the Jim Trussell legacy, the leaving in disgrace, I think that these two things go hand in hand. But I don't know that anybody in the Ohio State community looks at Trussell as having left in disgrace anymore, especially considering the fact of – you know, some of the things that have gone on at other programs and in the grand scheme of what somebody could have done wrong. Like Trestle 
is I think a beloved figure in Ohio State history still. So I think yeah, it's very just kind of so. like to forgive and forget and embrace. And he should come back to Ohio State and be celebrated at halftime and could have his records back in there, get his pictures of him. Are there pictures of him in the Woody? I don't think so. And it's just like. Oh, that's a good question. Of Trestle or Turo? I know there are of Trestle. Of Trestle. Of Trestle yeah, yeah. No, I don't believe so. Yeah. And it's like he's one of the most recognizable players in Ohio State history. Just from a name recognition standpoint. And, you know, you were in Pennsylvania during his recruitment, weren't you? So you remember everything that was going on I was, there. I was, yeah, I was in college. I was at Penn State during his recruitment. So, it was like a huge deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Penn State they didn't get him. Yeah. So, like, to me, I just kind of find this to be something that I wanted to talk to him about. Like, I, I still hope to talk to him. I just want to be like, what do you think of what you did? And how do you feel that you're currently viewed by Ohio State? And how do you feel like you should be viewed? Because in terms of pure athleticism and ability, I don't know that Ohio State has had a single player that gifted in the time since. Yeah, and I wish that I would have been able to see him in this offense. For sure. Yeah, I, I, there, I think for, for me there was always some kind of feeling that he was a little bit early, um, at least at Ohio State, maybe not in the grand scheme of college football, but I think at Ohio State he was a little bit early um, in terms of being able to maximize who he was as a quarterback. Um and it is interesting to me when we have, like, we've had a ton of conversations the last few years about best quarterbacks ever do it at Ohio State because of how good Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins and, and even JT Barrett and, and Braxton Miller, of course, uh, were. And I feel like Terrell doesn't really ever come up, or, or I think when he does, like, you bring him up, I think you do a good job of bringing him up, and deservedly so. Um, I don't have a read on how on how he's viewed by the fan base. Um, it's just not something I've talked with people a whole lot. I, I, I would hope that he is appreciated for the athlete that he was because he is one of the best athletes, I think, to ever play college football. But through um, your exposure to Ohio State. State, you know there's a there's a void there. Like, you can yeah. feel the – I don't know – I don't want to speak for you, but given what he was and how he's viewed and, and all the context that we try to bring, and I always bring Terrell Pryor up because I believe that he deserves to be mentioned, but there is a lack of thought when it comes to him and what he did. Yeah, and I, th- I think – I think part of that is this. I think part of that too is like he's probably viewed as a separate era, right? Like he was right before Urban got here, and maybe we had those conversations. There's some recency bias, and we only talk about the Urban era guys moving forward through day. But yeah, he, but I, but I agree. I think I think he's. I think I said on the last podcast from before that, like Terrell Pryor is like one of the one of the biggest people I've ever seen, and just like a freaky athlete and like a, a fantastic football player, and like one I, a guy I thoroughly enjoyed watching, even though I wasn't a fan of Ohio State football. I think he was just like, like that kind of captivating athlete. Um, so I don't know if if some of this helps him get back in better standing with the fan base. I think that's great. I think it should. Um, and I also think like very much in the same way that Reggie Bush is trying to get. Uh, his Heisman Trophy back, or, or or be recognized by the Heisman Heisman Trust after these NIL laws came out. I think these players should too. Like, you know, if they, I don't even know if I want to go down that road. Like, I, I feel like all that that transpired like didn't have any impact on what they did on the field. They played the games. They won twelve and one that year. They won the Big Ten. They won the Sugar Bowl. Like those records should count. I don't know why we erased try to erase them from the. What are you supposed to like forget that 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 happened? Like we all watched it happen. Why do we have to pretend like it didn't happen? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not super optimistic that this will get their numbers back and those wins back for that team, but I hope it does. Um, and I probably would take some cooperation on the NCAA and Ohio State to, to make Anybody it Anybody who took uh, – this is how I – I want to ask you this, and I don't want to make this political, but this is kind of political. So bear with me on this, guys. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I'm not a very political person, so don't – I'm not on any wing. The only wings I like are, are the ones that come with uh, lemon pepper sauce on it. But I, right. I do think that there is a social discussion about how many people are in prison for weed, right? Mm. And how many people should probably not be in prison for weed now that the government has legalized it in most states. And I don't know what side of the coin anybody is on, uh, but if you think that somebody should be released because weed is legal now, that's one opinion. And if you think, well, they broke the law knowingly when it was illegal, they have to pay the consequences for that. That's another thing. But I kind of feel like this is the same exact thing of like, how do you view Reggie Bush and Terrell Pryor and people who took impermissible benefits or broke rules during their college football days? Now that this all would be permitted, do you retroactively go back and say, okay, you're good now? Or do you continue to penalize them 
for things that were against the rules at the time. And my personal opinion about this is that the rules change because the rules were ridiculous. And if we can acknowledge that the rules were ridiculous before, then even though you got the people broke them in the past, it shouldn't be viewed in the same light with the new information that we have together, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make this, a, again, a political discussion about marijuana or whatever it is, but it just strikes me as the same exact thing. I think it's similar thought processes. Yeah, I think that's right. I like different uh, circumstances and stakes. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Stakes, I suppose, but I think similar thought process. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and I think there are, yeah, there are hard and fast, like, by the letter of the law kind of people who I think would say, like, they broke the rules as the rules are written back when they did it. And it's like, okay, whatever. I'm the kind of person who thinks the rules were stupid and never should have been in place in the first place. And these changes in NIL, in my opinion, are writing wrong. So why can't we go back in the past and do some of that, too? That's why we're doing it, right? We're writing the wrong. And if we recognize that something is wrong, then that umbrella goes back to people who were wronged, you know? And Terrell Pryor is a millionaire and played in the NFL and had an opportunity to sign some major contracts, and his life turned out well. But for what he was in terms of just a, an athletic specimen, I don't. I think that he should be like a hero in Columbus. And I don't think I th- if you put up a poll on Twitter right now, and we've done this before, I'd be curious if you actually did this. But do you think there are people out there that say I don't like JT Barrett, or I don't like Braxton Miller, or I don't like? Dwayne Haskins. I think there are people that are like Ohio State fans that say I don't like Terrell Pryor. Yeah, he might not be your favorite player, but to not like him, right? And I understand that he and Trestle are intertwined, and I understand that there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who believe that Jim Trestle is the greatest coach in Ohio State history, and he's beloved figure in Ohio. And wants to be celebrated, and the fact that he isn't celebrated to the maximum as a result of what happened at the end can be a disconcerting feeling. But Trestle was also a grown man and a coach who made decisions on his own. And Terrell Pryor was a teenager who made an extra few bucks off of his own stuff. And like when you actually think about who was in charge there, you know, Trestle was always in charge and made his own decisions. So um, I'm not saying he made the wrong one. Maybe I would have made the same one. But I don't know that I would ever hold Terrell Pryor personally accountable for what happened at Ohio State, especially considering the fact that he's probably one of a million people who did it. He just happened to get caught. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We'll see where this goes. I guess, like I said, I figured this was coming, um, and I don't. It's it's going to require some cooperation from some parties, and I'm I, I'm not so sure they're like I, I I just I'm not terribly sure if Ohio State would want to like get back into that. Well, let me ask you this: It kind of strikes me as something that's going to be uniform. Like if USC gives Reggie Bush his records back and he gets his Heisman back, I think it if it happens one place, it's going to happen everywhere. Like, I don't yeah. think it's going to be school by school. I think it's either going to be we accept all you guys back or you guys broke the rules, and it's going to be one or the other everywhere. Yeah, and that'll be and – that, and that, but that will – I think the Heisman Trust said something along the lines of, like, we'll, get, we'll, we'll bring Reggie back if the NCAA, like, acknowledges the fact that he played football for USC. Um, so I, it's probably where it would have to start, I would think. Um, Nothing is stopping Ohio State from just putting those guys back in the record books. They could do it tomorrow and put out a new record book and have Terrell Pryor in it where he belongs. Um, 
but I don't know if they do any of that without the NCAA first, like going back, like, hey guys, sorry, we, we screwed up on this one. Like Reggie, can, Reggie did in fact play football at USC, and look at that, he was really good. He won the Heisman Trophy. And also, we all know really that. Also, we all know that. We saw it. That, well, yeah. that's the thing that's yeah. stu- it's like the dumbest thing to me is like, oh, like whatever, like you broke the rules and he got caught, whatever. Like, okay, I don't. I guess the punishment for that is like you don't get to play anymore. But like for trying to erase history, like like we didn't all watch it happen, <laughs> is absurd to me. It's also every bit as absurd that the Fab Five banners aren't up. Right. So, you know, they never played. They, that, that didn't happen. They, that they didn't, didn't happen? Yeah. Oh, you mean the thing that basically changed the entire sport as we know it didn't happen? The okay. guy currently coaching the Michigan basketball team is a figment of our imagination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the head coach <laughs> of the team right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a very good team. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, for whatever reason, down the line, and maybe this is the – you know, aside from the Star Wars franchise, it might be the biggest racket in the history of humanity. Uh, the NCAA <laughs> convincing us that profiting off of our talents is illegal or a crime, or it's it's not even illegal. They didn't yeah. even commit a crime. There, it's just it was against a rule that was put in place so that the NCAA could make as much money as possible while exploiting athletes. Right, and it's like the jig is up now, and a lot of these guys, for right or wrong, come from backgrounds where they could use the extra five hundred bucks. You know, and for me to like look down at somebody for taking extra cash for whatever reason, I think is completely insane because I wouldn't want anybody to look it down on me for making an extra buck if I could. Could you imagine if somebody was like, you sold a Kyle Trask card on eBay that's worth 130 bucks? You're an asshole. Yeah. You know, or you, you, what if somebody wanted to buy my first framed Cleveland.com or Cleveland Plain Dealer feature that I have in my office right now? Is that for sale? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Everything has a price. I, I framed when I when I got the job at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. I had a, my first major recruiting feature on the Sunday paper that took up the entire sports section is framed in my office right now. And if somebody on eBay wanted to buy that for whatever reason, and I sold that, and then somebody was like, "You're an asshole for selling that," that would be so ridiculous to me that like that's what we're doing to Terrell Pryor. Yeah. I'll be an asshole, but I'll be an asshole with thirty more bucks in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, thirty <laughs> auction starting at three fifty, but I'll sign that. I'll sign it too. Yeah, oh, you're gonna sign it. That's yeah. that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. Three fifty. I want to get in on this Ari Wasserman this, story. Yeah, game used. <laughs> yeah, I even have the computer I wrote it on somewhere in the storage bin. If you guys want that too. I have all my uh, credentials from like everything I've ever covered in a box in my closet. It's, it's funny you bring that up because I have I have a whole like you know those big suitcases that you use to check luggage. Yep, I have a suitcase that size filled with all of my credentials, like the opening national championship game, Fiesta Bowls, every home game, every away game, and Britt has a very artsy friend who did all the paintings in her house and is super talented, and she's coming over and we're making a really cool piece of art out of it for the office. Oh, that's nice. I want to do something with mine, too. I'm excited to see that because I'm trying to get inspired on what, what to do with mine. Yeah. I'm just sitting in my closet right now. It's like funny because as writers, we're supposed to be viewed as creatives. I am not creative. <laughs> at the least creative person I know. I can't do anything with these hands. <laughs> I can't build things and I can't create. Uh, all I can do is type hot takes into my computer and hope that they. <laughs> that, 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 listen, you're creating creating Twitter moments is, is art as far as I'm concerned. But I've if you've noticed since the COVID days. My Twitter moments are few and far between now. He's toned it down a little bit. I thought a little uh, bit. I'm a completely different a lot person of it. now. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. I thought, not that I thought this, that, that this was a particularly spicy take, but I thought that the video snippet of you on Andy Staples' podcast where you said that you think Clemson might not make the playoff this year uh, would, would do more numbers than it did. You think that's a spicy take? No, no, I don't, but I thought it might be viewed as such on Twitter, and it didn't seem like it wasn't. It didn't I mean, seem like they're it playing was. Georgia, so if they lose to Georgia, they're they're walking a tightrope. Yeah. You know, it, it just takes two losses to not make it, and, you know, I I think they're going to be a very good football team, but they their margin of error this year isn't as, as large as it's typically been. Yeah. And I also, and I wrote about this in my mailbag today, and this is probably pretty um, interesting to Ohio State fans, but the way that Alabama and Ohio State are recruiting is at such a high level right now that Clemson is a full step behind. And I know that they are one of three teams in the history of recruiting rankings to win a national championship without signing a top five team class before it. Two of their teams did with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. But I wonder long-term if you think that Clemson's 
situation or how they're situated as a top three program in the sport is sustainable recruiting a full step behind the three programs in front of them. Not that they won't make the playoff or win the ACC, but in a world where the ACC is getting better from top to bottom and Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama are stockpiling talent at a record pace, I wonder if Clemson is going to turn into a program that gets met by a brick wall every time they make the playoff. Like if they're going to turn into Oklahoma. Yeah, or that's an t- interesting premise. Yeah, or if you just trust Dabo's ability to develop and, and analyze uh, and break down high school talent better than anybody else. But it seems to me that we're at a crossroads here where Clemson just got smacked by Ohio State. They've lost uh, both of their last two playoff games by a, a pretty large margin. And I'm wondering if once you get to a certain point, you're going to get hit with that brick wall if you keep recruiting like this. Man, that's fascinating. Will Clemson become Oklahoma? Hmm. I think they could. I think they could. Cause it like it, like and then we'd be very silly. Cause I think they're always going to get quarterbacks now. Like the, now that they got Trevor and they got DJ, they got Cade Klubna coming in. It's like I think they're going to get the quarterback every year now. But here's the difference. Though. Oklahoma has a quarterback every year too, but they don't have the talent requisite talent around him to win a national title. Here's the difference though. So the three exceptions, and I've said this stat. This is my favorite stat. I would tattoo the stat on my body but there's only been three teams since 2000 who have won a national championship without signing a top five class in the previous four years. And the quarterbacks were Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, and Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Guess what, guys? Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia are now recruiting quarterbacks like that. Like, Quinn Ewers is going to Ohio State now, and Georgia signed five-star quarterbacks back-to-back classes. And... uh. Alabama's got a pretty good one starting this year, too. And I think that the difference for Clemson during the 2016-18 to 18 run was superior quarterback play to their competitors, and I don't know that they're going to have that advantage moving forward now. So Does Alabama I, have one lined up behind Bryce Young? Bryce Young. Um, yeah, I think they signed a five-star last year, didn't they? I'm looking now because I can't remember. They got Ty Simpson committed, bud. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're all – it's it's not that, – that quarterback advantage isn't uh, – isn't what it used to be, and I think I think that that would be if I covered Clemson, I think I would write about this, and I and I did a little bit in the mailbag today. But now that these other teams are not only signing twice as many top one hundred players as them, they're also signing elite level Trevor Lawrence type prospects at quarterback. I think that Clemson might be hitting a ceiling here unless they ramp up their recruiting efforts because all these Dabo rules, right? No spring official visits and no transfers and. Uh, there's one more in there somewhere about, uh, oh, the no-visit policy. Like, all the things that Dabo does yeah. in a recruiting situation I don't think is sustainable in the modern era, especially now that transfers are mainstream. Like, I will bet my life that those rules come down. Yeah, the sustainability of the Dabo rules. I would love to read about that because I, cause I, I, I do think he's going to ha- like. I mean, he broke one rule last year. Like Corey Foreman. Corey Foreman. Yeah, yeah. And he, they didn't get him in the end, but they would have taken him. So it's it's not a real rule. And I wrote about this last year. If you think it's a rule, then that person comes off your board. Like if they if they commit to you and they visit somewhere else, then they're off your board. You don't the just, transfer one is the in, most interesting one to me. It's like everyone is now going to include transfers as a major piece of building their roster moving forward, including Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah, and if you don't and adapt, Georgia. then you don't adapt. And you're not going to do it. You're not going to adapt? <laughs> okay, let me know how that plays out, bud. Right. You have to do, and it's the same thing too. And I got another interesting, and I'm not trying to promote my mailbag, but no, go for it. Somebody else asked a question too about uh, putting names on the back of jerseys in the NIL era, where marketability and uh, visibility are paramount to making money for these athletes. And you got some people who are like, I don't care about tradition; I just want to win. And then you got some people that are just like, we're never putting names on the back of the jersey. That's our tradition. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like. All these things of just adaptability are so fascinating because in a in a transitional summer where three major rules came down into reality in college football, there's going to be a lot of adapting. And you know who's going to adapt? Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know who's going to adapt? Ryan Day. So, you know, if you want to win a national championship or be the team that is um, – you know, in that mix, year in and year out, you have to you have to keep up with the Joneses, man. That's, that's that's the name of the game. So, sorry for hijacking that, but I do think Clemson is in. You know, I think Clemson is in that territory where Ohio State was three years ago. 
Even real, uh, I would. Well, they're making the playoffs still. So if they when when they stop, yeah. So it's not quite as drastic. But whenever you get smacked twice in the playoff in consecutive years, yeah, I think you have to start wondering: is this especially now that Trevor Lawrence is gone? Because the last three years were Trevor Lawrence. I know that DJ is going to be awesome, and I know they've got Cade uh, Klubnick coming in. Like they they have players at quarterback, and they always will. And Dabo is a tremendous talent evaluator. But I do think that talent evaluation is something I preach all the time, only gets you so far. And I think being one of the premier dominant programs, you can't do it through only evaluation. Yeah. And listen, Clemson has incrementally improved their recruiting results as well. They were finishing in like the 7 to 14 range while they were winning national championships, and now they finish with the number five class. But if you go look at the total numbers of what Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia signed last year, Clemson doesn't compare to those. And at a certain point, that's going to catch up to them. That's the only thing. I, I think that. Yeah, they had the number five class in 2021. Um, I think they big. signed three five-star prospects. Alabama signed seven. Yep. If you do that over a four-year period, that's a, that's a quarter of your roster of five-star prospects that you're not going to have. Player average was third, it looks like. Alabama was first. Ohio State was second. Clemson was Third in player average, but fifth in overall points, which is how two four seven ranks. Teams. Player average is the most important metric. So yeah, I just mean like total top end talent. And is the no, it is. I mean, yeah, they have Ohio State and Alabama. And how, what what are the numbers stars. on that? Alabama um, the, got five stars. No, um, no, the uh, average player rating. Oh, uh, so Bama's is ninety five flat. Ohio State's is ninety four point seven six, and Clemson's is ninety four point oh two. Okay, so, so it's not. I mean, it's it's significant, but not. Not a full point. A full point is fairly significant there. So they're basically a full point behind Bama and, and nearly a full point behind Ohio State. Three quarters uh, were seven years. But that point average player rating would have been a record five years ago. So I mean, they're For still sure. they're still. I don't want people to listen to this and say uh, Clemson's recruiting like shit because that's not the point I'm trying to make. My point is that when they start getting on the same field as the other teams that they're competing with in the top five, that they might not have the talent across the board to keep up. Yeah, and they're—I mean—they're slow building their twenty-two class, so it's hard to get a gauge on that. But they're—they're thirty-second overall, and not, their average player rating is ninety-two point oh two. Yeah, the other thing too with the kind of low for them, they—they they don't offer another one of the recruiting rules too is that their offers are very, um, what's the word? Scarce. Um, mm-hmm. They don't offer a lot of people, and I don't know, like they sometimes they won't offer certain underclassmen, and they won't offer people who haven't visited at times, and. Like I understand what he's trying to do, and he wants to be different, and you know he's he wants his uh, his scholarship offer to be the Bitcoin of scholarship offers. There's, there's only a limited amount, and uh, you know it makes sense. And listen, criticizing Dabo Sweeney is a hard thing to do because he's been ultra successful, and he's the only coach, maybe outside of Nick Saban, that's taken a solid program and turned them into a juggernaut. But building the juggernaut and getting two national titles and sustaining it are different. And I'm just curious to see if he'll be able to sustain it. Go read Ari's mailbag, theathletic.com slash four dash six. Get you signed up. Go read it. I think it's. I do think it's a fascinating premise. I would love to see uh, maybe you and Grace Rayner or Clemson beat writer kind of team up on something like that. Um, not to give you content to do. Hold on. Um, okay. Got the pen. Win, win, <laughs> win totals. Big Ten win totals. Big Ten win totals. All right, we're going. We're going to do five. So we have uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan. And Indiana. These come from BetMGM. We're just going to give you the win total and whether or not we think um, that team will be over or under. And we'll, we'll start with Ohio State's, which is it's eleven, which is like a weird number to me. I was telling you before we started recruiting, like I don't I don't get win totals where there's like not a half of a half of a digit involved. It's like eleven flat for Ohio State over or under. It's like, well, I think they're far more likely to go and defeat it than I do that they are to win or lose two games, but I also kind of think they're going to go 11 and one. So I don't really know what I would do with that. You, you, so you go over because if you think it's more likely, you also have to keep in mind too, what the juice in some of these are. And it's probably like minus minus one fifty or something like that. So you probably have to put up $150 to win a hundred. And, but my, my viewpoint is the same. They are more likely to go undefeated than they are to lose twice. So you tie up your money for a year, and the most likely scenario is that it just pushes. Yeah. Because it's hard to pick a team to go undefeated. But if Ohio State gets through Oregon, then I don't know. 
what team on the schedule you think they lose to. So I personally would take the over, understanding that I'm safeguarded by the push, but then you also have your money tied up for X number of uh, of weeks or months waiting to, to get that money. And you might lose your ticket. Uh, it might fall out of your pocket. And I think Vegas loves having people's money tied up for three or four months, and that's uh, a good thing. So get a bookie. Don't put the money up front. Let it ride. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that, I mean, what game, I guess, on the schedule do you think they're most likely to lose? And it's like I know it's impossible to, to play this game because a lot of Ohio State losses have come completely out of left field, and you don't really know why uh, yeah. those happen. But, I mean, I just I look at the schedule, and I don't see anything that scares me if I'm an Ohio State fan. I mean, I, I guess I would go with the Oregon game, but I just don't know if that I, – I think Oregon's defense might be able to give uh, a new starting – newish starting quarterback some issues um, with their pass rush, but you still got to be able to score enough. I, I, think, like, I, don't, I don't think you come into Ohio Stadium and beat Ohio State like 27 to 13. I think you still got to outscore them a little bit, and I just don't think Oregon's built for that, so – like, we've seen them lose that game. They lost in 2017 at home to Oklahoma. They lost in 2014 at home to Virginia Tech with a new quarterback and a brand-new offensive line. Um, and Virginia Tech doing some different stuff defensively, I think. And, and I almost I would guarantee that Oregon has something different for Ohio State in that game. Um, Oregon also plays North Dakota State before that, so like which is an FCS school, but it's like one that Oregon has to like pay attention to. So I don't think they can divert all of their attention to Ohio State um, leading up to the, the start of the season. But other than that, I don't know. Like Ohio State's an eleven point favorite in that game, right? And they're fourteen point favorite in the opener at Minnesota, which, like, I also think can get tricky. But by tricky, I mean like maybe Minnesota covers, maybe Ohio State wins the by most 13. likely game for them to lose. They're double digit favorites, right? Um, at Indiana in October, I, I don't like. I like Indiana. Are we'll you buying Indiana, Indiana stock? Like, are you think? Do you think Indiana? I guess we'll go right into that one. But yeah. their over under is seven and a half, and just no. like. Is Indiana's roster built to sustain the success they had last year? Like, do people actually think that Indiana's a ten-win team? Because everybody that I talk to talks about them in that in that perspective, and I, or in that light. And I don't know that I buy, I'm buying it. Uh I think it's a so it's seven and a half is the win total from BetMGM. Um, and I think if you look at their schedule, I think you can find seven pretty easily. But I I found it difficult to feel super confident about eight. Yeah. So, like, is Indiana going to win ten? I got, I got no. I don't think so. I don't think that's like a ten and two team. I think I think they're possibly a nine win, eight win team. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over twenty years, providing a one hundred percent guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events. The widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's let's take it out of the math for a second. Let's just talk about Indiana, just on surface level. Does Indiana resemble the Indiana team from last year? Yeah, I think so. Quarterback's back, Fry Fogel's back, new running back, Peyton, or I think Peyton Hendershot's back. I don't know if you're wrong on that. Um, I think most of their offensive line is back. Um, some very key pieces on defense. They had some coaching turnover. But I think they'll mostly look how they looked last year. Which, yeah. what are, what are, so let's go down the schedule. Iowa. Loss. Okay. Idaho win. So that's one. Win. Cincinnati, loss. Cincinnati at home, lost. I don't know. I don't know. You don't hesitate. Coin flip, coin flip. There's a lot of coin flip games on this schedule that like make the yeah. seven and a half tricky. Okay, so we'll just go one and a half there. Why don't we give we'll give them a half a, a win for every coin flip? Okay, that'll be fair. Uh, Western Kentucky win. win. So that's two and a half. Penn State at Penn State loss. 
I believe that Indiana has never won in Happy Valley. They're not going to win that game this year after what happened last year. There's no way. They're going to go would, into Penn would, State and win that game. James Franklin might as well just pack up his, his truck and leave State College if they lose that game. I'll, I'll call that an L for Indiana. Okay, so two and a half. Michigan State at home. Win. Half. Michigan State. Okay, State all right, State. we'll give him a win for that. Okay, uh, <laughs> so that's three and a half? Yeah. Ohio State loss at loss. Mi- at Maryland. Win. Four and Maryland a half. Also, Maryland also stinks. Okay, at Michigan. Half? Half, yeah. All right, That's five. Yeah. Rutgers. Win. Six. Minnesota. Win. Seven. At Purdue. That's eight. That's eight. Yeah. So they have to I split had, in the in the toss-up games. I had over. Like, my pick was over. But I was not a super confident over. Because I it, think there it, are enough it certainly helps. to give you pause. It certainly helps that... I'm very curious. Cincinnati plays back-to-back games against uh, road games at Indiana and at Notre Dame. And yeah. I think if Cincinnati is the Cincinnati team that they were last year, isn't that the expectation that they're going to be really, really good? Mm-hmm. Is their quarterback back? Yep. And Yeah, he yeah. is. And Ritter. I like him. Desmond yeah. Ritter, yeah. I think they're going to win both of those games. You think Cincinnati's going to win both of those games? I if Cincinnati is the Cincinnati they were last year, I think they're going to win both of those games. I mean, I can see it because I do think I think Notre Dame takes a step back. Um, and I think Indiana I think Indiana is like at best as good as it was last year and possibly like a shade worse. Do you think Cincinnati was better than Indiana last year? Uh, yes. I think if Cincinnati is humming, they are better than Indiana. I think I can get on board with that. I think I would take the under here because I want to see them do it again before I give them the benefit of the doubt of them doing it again. I think that's but, fair, especially uh, coming off of like like last year. I, I did. And uh, I can't sneak up on anybody this year. People are going to respect them as good. I did a the 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 Rutgers state of the program story for us this year, and I talked with Greg Schiano about that. And like I went into it like, hey man, you guys were good last year. It seems like you have things going in a really good direction. You got to feel great about where you guys are at, right? And he's like. Yeah, I feel good, but last year was weird. So, like, I'm not putting any stock, like, one way or the other into what happened last year. Like, I feel good about the direction we're heading, but I'm not so sure that record was indicative. And in Rutgers' case, it was only winning three games. But I wasn't sure, so sure that record was indicative of where that program actually is. And I do think that's very possible for the Indiana team that went, what, they go 6-2 and two last year and almost beat Ohio State. Um, they didn't almost beat Ohio State. I mean, they lost by a touchdown. They made it interesting. I know. I mean, they got their – I thought uh, – okay. They had yeah. the ball at the end of the game with a chance to tie it. Okay. In the, like in the last like three minutes, they had never the in that game that I think Ohio State had a chance to lose. Neither did I, but they had okay. the ball with a chance to tie the game with, them, with two minutes left or three minutes left. So like, I, yeah. I think I'm comfortable categorizing that as almost beat. Um, but I think there might have been a little bit of, I don't know, it was a score smoke like and, smoke, smoke and mirrors, thirty eight to there. seven at halftime or something, and they just kind of like, yeah, Ohio stopped. State took his foot off the gas. And, yeah, um, Justin Fields forgot how to play football for a little bit. Um. I know, so you're, you're and I'm under. not trying to take anything away from Indiana, but I think seven wins is where I would put them in a, in a bowl, which would be a good year for them, and that's not an easy schedule. Um, it's not. But right in this situation, we're putting them in a position where they have, like, they're expe- to get to that total, they have to go to Michigan and win. Yeah, I'm and, also always generally in favor of uh, fading the national media whenever they latch onto a team like they are currently with Indiana and Iowa State. So I haven't latched, <laughs> which is a um, term I'm learning about right now. By the way, did you know what la- latching means? I do. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I'm learning all about. I'm just reading about pumps. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, expecting <laughs> father reading about pumps. What are you doing out there, Greg? Uh, just kept, just reading up on on. He looks down. Pumping pumps pumps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go over on Indiana, but not super confident. You're going to go under? Yeah, and also it's probably just going to be seven. So I think yeah. the hook is going to determine that. Seven one. and a half. Okay. All right. Um, what do you want to do next, Michigan? Yeah, sure. All right, Michigan is the same under. number, seven, seven and a half. I'm also under. Their schedule is freaking brutal. How did Michigan – Ohio State has no back-to-back road games – Michigan has like five road games in six in six weeks or something like that. Like how did I don't know how their schedule ended up this way. <laughs> okay, listen, they've got the two premier programs <laughs> in the MAC, right? 
Western Michigan, Michigan and, and Illinois. are there only two non-conference gimme games? And they're going to win both of those games, I'm assuming. But if they're seven and a half, then you've got to find seven. You have to find eight wins with Washington at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at home against Northwestern, at Michigan State, at home against Indiana, at Penn State, at Maryland, and Ohio State. Can you find seven wins there? Well, I got, uh, or no, you have qu- to find six wins there. I'm gonna. Pret- I don't. I'm not gonna pretend to know anything about the MAC. Um, but West, let's just let's just give Phil them the Steel benefit of the picked, doubt. Phil Steele picked Western Michigan to win the West and picked Northern Illinois to finish last in the West. So one oh, of those okay. is good. Okay, but you know, for the sake of this podcast, let's just give Michigan the benefit of the doubt that it's automatic wins against MAC teams. Okay, sure. that's fair. I'm not gonna predict they're gonna lose to a MAC team. Yep. So that's two, and then we'll go down the list like we did with Indiana. Okay. Yep. Washington. Loss. I think it's a half. I think a half is fair because it's in Ann Arbor. I think Washington's better than them. Okay. I mean, Michigan also plays really well early on in the year sometimes. That's true. I think it's a half. Um, so uh, fair. Do you, will you go with that? Yep. Rutgers. Win? Win. Okay. So one and a half. At Wisconsin. Loss. Loss. Okay. So one and a half. At Nebraska. Half. Uh, I can, Coming I can off go the to Wisconsin w- game. Yeah, back to back games. No buy in between. The okay, October second game at Wisconsin will be the game where we know whether Jim Harbaugh is going to be the coach anymore. Yeah, I think that I think that might be right. Okay, we'll go half there because uh, last year they completely gave up against Wisconsin. So we're at how many wins now? We're at four total. Well, three total. Western Michigan is one. Northern Illinois is one. Rutgers is a half. Oh, no, we gave Rutgers a win. So, okay, so, so that's three, 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 and then we're at Wisconsin's Nebraska. a loss. That's three and a half if you're going to give them a half. And, or did you want to give them a win there? We'll give them a half. I think that's fair. Okay, so three and a half. Northwestern at home. I think that's a win. Okay, four and a half at Michigan State. Like, should be a win. Half. I think Michigan State is bad, but that's half, a half. Given, given yeah, the recent given, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that, Five. Five. Indiana. I totally forget what we just said about that. <laughs> I, I, I have that. I as thought a we win. gave that as a half, didn't? I think we put it as a half. I, I have that as a win for Indiana, but I think a half is more fair. It's home. In, in, in you think Indiana's going to win the game? I do. Yeah. What do we just say about Indiana and Michigan? What, what do we just do? I think we did a half. Okay, so let's give them a half. Five and a half. Five and a half at Penn State. I have that as a loss. Okay, five and a half at Maryland. Win. So we're at six and a half now. Yeah. Okay. Ohio, Ohio State. State. Okay. So win. We're not, no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're <laughs> win half. <laughs> um, that's way under, right? Or that's a whole game under. That's a whole. That's a whole win under the number seven and a half. So if you want to, if you want to go over, you have to give all of your confidence that Jim Harbaugh will win. Um more than he'll lose the, the coin flip games. Yeah, because even if we went, even if we like made, if we made Nebraska at Nebraska a win instead of a coin flip game. He still has to win all of them. He still has, he still has to win another game to, to hit that over. Do you think that, like what makes you think that Washington is unquestionably better than them? Um, they have a lot back. Um, I thought they had a weird year last year, like Michigan too. But like I thought, when Washington did play, they played okay. They would have been in the Pac-12 championship um, had they been able to play. Um, I don't know. It's a long trip. I get that. I don't know what time that game is. It could be one of those weird early Western it's, it's time a, zone games for Washington. No, no, it's in Ann Arbor at eight p.m. Okay. Um, I don't. Know. I just think Washington's better. Yeah, and I think and I think Michigan by that point with this new coaching staff will still be feeling out a lot of stuff. I wonder Coming off a game against Western Michigan. I think we'll know what Michigan is October second at Wisconsin. I think that's a big one. That's like a I don't I don't really even I think they can they don't necessarily have to win that game. But when they played Wisconsin last year in Ann Arbor, they like totally laid down and just they got completely like got, demolished. Got destroyed yeah. last year i kept saying michigan with the points at home michigan with the points at home michigan <laughs> with the points at home i think they were losing by 100 in the first quarter and then yeah. decided they weren't going to try to win anymore which is why I, th- I think the last year's wisconsin game is the reason why jim harbaugh was put on the hot seat because it's one thing to lose games but it's another to give up he you lost the your- team he lost yeah. the team and i think that's when he lost them yeah 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 uh okay let's do uh 
let's do Wisconsin and then we'll do Penn State and we'll wrap it up there. Wisconsin is nine and a half. And I'm like a pretty confident over on that. I think Wisconsin bounces back big this year. Yeah, Wisconsin nine and a half. You're going to give me two losses. Every single year when Wisconsin's win total is usually 10, and it's usually just an automatic over because we never think they're going to lose. Um, But they have a – Wisconsin plays Notre Dame this year, which is the reason why it's not 10. Yeah. Um, And that's a, a tough game. And it's I think it's a neutral site game too, right? Yeah, it's they play Soldier, in Chicago. Soldier Field. Okay, yeah. so, um, all right, let's go. Ready? Home yep. at Penn State. Win. Not a half. Not a half. I think they win that game at home against Penn State. Okay, remember that. Write write it down for when we do Penn State. Mike Gersich wants to bring his no huddle offense. Dude, they're three. Into, they're three point favorites Randall. at home at that game. That's not. That's a coin flip in my opinion. All right, call it a half. I think it's a win. Well, this is your show, bud. I'm not. You're the host. I mean, you. I, you I you gave me the last call on the last one, so I can give you the win if you want. Let's you call to, it a half. Let's call it a half and see where we end up. Okay. Eastern Michigan win. Win. Notre Dame half. In Chicago, I think is a half. Um, Michigan. Uh, that's a win. We call that a straight up loss for Michigan. Yep. So two at Illinois win three Army win. four. Army's weird. Like aren't playing Army in October is weird. Like it's a. I think it's a win, but that's a weird game. Four. Purdue, five, at Iowa. Is that at Iowa? Or, or no, 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 Iowa at home. I, I think a half, maybe. I also have that as a win and when I was going through it, but I think a half is So that's five win. and a half, right? Yeah. At Rutgers, win. Win. Six and a half, home against Northwestern. Win. Seven and a half, Nebraska at home. Win. Eight and a half, at Minnesota. I, I guess you call that a half. So right? nine. So you're at nine. You're and at nine. If, and if you a give toss ups on there, yeah, yeah. And if you think Penn State's a win, you're still only at nine and a half, which is the number. Uh, yeah, I have. So you would go over then. I'm over. I I want to look through it. I had them over. And I had them losing. I had them losing to Notre Dame, and I had them losing at the end of the year to Minnesota. But even if you want to flip flop and say they lose at home to Penn State to start the year and beat Minnesota at the end, you're still a ten and two. Like I feel, I would. I think that if they lose to Penn State at the beginning of the year, it changes the vibe of the season. I think that's true. I think that's why it's tricky because their opener is hard. I just don't think I don't think Penn State's going to be quite ready for that. Camp Randall in the opener. I was listening to Audrey Snyder on Andy Staples show and. I didn't realize how messed up everything was for Penn State last year. Like, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for them. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, they lost, like, all their running backs in, like, the first They also the sent half their, their entire team home uh, while they announced that the season was happening, and then they yeah. lost two weeks of preparation because all their people were home, <laughs> which was – And they did – I think I've said this before on the show, and I've definitely said it with Audrey on, on, like, the big football show before. Like, I thought Penn State started 0-5 for the first time. We're starting school history – and I was like, all right, like James Franklin has lost this. It's over. And like, granted, the end of their schedule wasn't good, but they won their last four games, which I thought was impressive to rebound from that. So um, I think they are poised for a bounce back as well. But I don't love Sean Clifford. I don't love Sean Clifford with another new coordinator. I don't love Sean Clifford with another new coordinator having to open on the road at Camp Randall. Yeah. Yeah, that's all fair. It's funny we're landing right on the numbers. I think Michigan. I think Michigan is a very, very. I don't know, seven and a half. Uh, that's a tough one too. But I mean, we both were firmly under on that one. It just because yeah. Michigan. The thing too is that Michigan. The thing I don't understand about Michigan is that, and we've had this discussion before, but I think putting him in a win now, Jim Harbaugh in a win now scenario with that schedule is just a, a disaster. Like I it think is. that, what, and the the question is, what is a successful season for Michigan? And it's just like it's eight and four. I think eight and four is a successful year, right? And it's just like I still don't know if Michigan fans are going to be perceptive to that result. Yeah, like eight and four against that schedule, I think would be a successful year. And I suppose it depends on what the loss looks like to Ohio State. But I don't know what they want. If the expectation is like they're going to bounce back and win ten games, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, how many times have you heard the term "win now" with Michigan's current circumstance? Yeah, I, I, pretty often. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so I don't know if winning now means 10 games on that schedule, but if they win 10 games on that schedule, then he deserves a two more years at that program, I think. Especially because you're putting a new coordinator in there or new coaching staff, you know, everything that needs to go in place. It just seems like an impossible situation for them. Yep. Um, okay, Penn State. Penn State will end on uh, – the number is nine. Nine times. Okay. Uh, at Wisconsin's a half. Yep. Ball State's a win, so one and a half. Auburn, yep. I think, is a half. That's going to be the whiteout game, I'm assuming. That I believe that is the whiteout game, yeah. So that so that's, uh, that's two, right? Villanova, three. Indiana. Yep. Uh, you said half, right? I think we call that a half. So three yeah. and a half at Iowa, I think, is another half. So that's four. Yeah, Illinois is, is a win. Illinois, five, five at Ohio State is a loss. I think it's a loss. So we're at what now, five? Five. At Maryland? I like a win there. I don't think Maryland's very good. Okay, six. Uh, Beaver Stadium, Michigan, we called that a win. So seven. Do we call Rutgers. that a win? I can't remember. I have it as a win. Let's call it a win. Okay, uh, Rutgers was eight. Yep. And then at Michigan State, probably. I would win. call. I would call it a win. I, so I, that's I, nine. So that's so, all the nose nine. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, there's not. They've played Ohio State very well. They've played Ohio State better in Beaver Stadium than they have in Ohio Stadium. Um, I like I, that game doesn't concern me all that much. If I'm they have to, State. so they have to win both of their coin flip games. Or both Which of their are, non-conference coin flip games, probably. Well, they only have one. Or no, Auburn. both of their um, September. September ones, sorry. Yeah, Wisconsin like they have to They have to be 4-0 going into the Indiana game, I think, to have a chance. Yeah. And I think, I think they could be. Uh, I, again, I, I would take Wisconsin to win that opener. But I don't think I'd be shocked if Penn State won it. And I think if they win that, I do think they can beat Auburn. New head coach. Auburn the is the Penn State of the SEC. Write it down. They're the same program. They're literally identical. Write down the being in the middle of a cow pasture. Um, Don't you think it's the same program? <laughs> they are very similar. Like in every good way. Enough, good enough to be a pain in the ass to the conference power. Um, Inexplicably beating the conference power every now and then, yeah. despite not being built to do so. Yeah. Um, B- big ag school. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody views them as really, really good, even when they're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, very large, intimidating stadiums. Both have quarterbacks. Who are Great rivalry good. games. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but their their position too in the conferences of like the game that you circle on your calendar, but also never win the conference, and then they do like once every seven years inexplicably. The only difference between the two is like. Uh, Everyone acknowledges Auburn as Alabama's rival, and only Penn State thinks it's Ohio State's rival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Penn State is Ohio State's biggest Big Ten rival right now. It's not traditionally on that, but they're the biggest right. pain in the ass for Ohio State. I don't think that you can debate that. Oh, I think that's definitely true, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also have very similar color schemes. They do. They do, actually. <laughs> it's the um, same team. The fact that they're playing in the non-conference to me is the most amazing thing in the world because it's like Penn State versus Penn State. I love it. I think it's great. I, like I wish we got and like, we got some pretty good intersectional games this year. You think Penn State of, can beat Auburn at home? Yeah, at home at night in a whiteout. I do. Yep. That's going to be one of those games that the Big Ten fans are just like, let's go Penn State. Like big Big Ten fans are going to want that one. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that one. That's uh, Ohio State. There's plays. a lot of really good games this year. In the I love, I, I love that Ohio State is like opening on a Thursday, so that we can like watch that whole weekend of opening games. Also, and I don't have to worry about Ohio State's game. The Big Ten, the Big Three in the Big Ten East all have great games. Ohio State, Oregon, Washington, Michigan, and Auburn, Penn State are all awesome games that I can't wait to watch. Yeah, and I, I will really say that. Mich- I, I think I would say the Michigan Washington game is the game I'm most excited to watch in the non. Oh, outside of Georgia Clemson. Michigan, Washington, yeah. yeah, a lot of narrative it's, in that one. I, think, I, yeah. I don't know that it, it's so much about national ch- championship. It's just like I want to know, like what what the hell is Michigan? Yeah, I think Michigan is the most interesting team in the Big Ten because they are all over the place and what could happen. Yeah, and we still we don't. There's there are a lot of different ways the season could go, and I still don't think we have a firm grasp yet on what success is, as you mentioned earlier. It would be awesome to cover them this year. It would. Well, I don't even like. I don't know how you would contextualize their wins and losses every week. 
Especially when you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be tough. And, you know what? Uh, I think I would be good at that because I talk to myself. Well, that's the thing with Michigan. It's like, okay, you, like, if you don't want to talk to me. That's fine. I'm just going to write what I think and it will, not, it will lack proper context because you don't want to talk to me, but that's your fault, not mine. Yeah. Also, uh, if you don't like what I write, then you can fix that. Right. And then <laughs> exactly. what are you going to do yeah. if you don't like what I write? Penalize me right. by not giving me people? Right. Cutting off your access. Cutting off yeah. my access that I don't have? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's actually just it's bad for the the fans to be honest because you know Jim Harbaugh I know is laser focused or whatever you want to call it but you're depriving the people who care about your program from information about your program I think that's wrong but yeah. that's a discussion for another day Ohio State um, doesn't do that shout out Jerry Amick yeah Ohio State does give access and if they didn't I think that we would be every bit as criticizing what is it critical of that critical yeah, yeah. so all right um, yeah over under how many times we'll hug this year. Point five. Well, you're not coming to Big Ten Media Days, so we'll miss an opportunity there. I think I'm, I think the under is the play, and the under is like minus two fifty. The under. See, here's the thing: the under is the play because we live so far apart. But if we ever actually end up in the same place, like you lose. Over, yeah. So the, the basic <laughs> yeah, the the, 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 the basically is how many times will we see each other before January one? Yeah. Point five. I got to bring your snowboard to you. Yeah. I don't know. We're going on maybe, year two of that. Might as well just throw the thing in the trash at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sell it on eBay with my baseball cards. Yeah. yeah. Have fun baseball. shipping that. It costs $4 to ship you a, a, a sports card today. Someone bought a card off me for 99 cents. And, and I had the own packaging. To ship it. Did they pay the $4? Yeah. Buying stuff on eBay or selling stuff on eBay for less than $10 is a net loss. That's all right. I'm just trying to build up that, that feedback. You know what I mean? I got you some feedback. I had Bill uh, bid up something that I did because I wasn't happy with what it was selling for. And then I had to pay an eBay fee and then uh, reimburse him for the money. So I lost $6 on the transaction. <laughs> it's better than losing the 15 or so you would have lost otherwise. So, Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this year episode of 4 to 6 with A&B. Big 10 Media Days a week away. Uh, I think we'll, we'll do a Q&A next week before Media Days. I think that'll be the plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, send your questions to 426AB at gmail.com. There's a bunch in there. I looked yesterday. There's some in there, but we would love to get some more. You know how they uh, can couch it, not to interrupt you? Mm-hmm. What would you ask Ryan Day? Tell us what yeah. you would ask Ryan Day. I think that's great. I think that's great. And then we can try to answer those questions ourselves, too. What, what uh, Questions you have about the season, what you would want to ask Ryan Day um, or the players who are there or another coach in the Big Ten, too. They're all going to be there. So shoot those to 426AB at gmail.com. We'll include them in next week's episode. Until then, thanks for listening.